Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Irvine, California. I'm coming to Irvine, California, baby, April 15th through the 17th at the Irvine Improv. Oh, my goodness. First time there. Can't wait. Southern California. Drive down from L.A. Drive down from San Fran. Drive up from San Diego and come see me at the Irvine Improv April 15th through the 17th. Right after that, Austin, Texas. April 22nd and the 23rd, Adam Ray and Friends at the Vulcan Gas Company. That's going to be a fucking hee-haw blast. And then April 28th through the 30th, first time comedy on state, Madison, Wisconsin, Followed by Milwaukee Improv on May 1st. And the fun continues May 5th through the 7th in North Carolina at the Rally Improv. Guys, go get your tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. All the merch, AdamRayComedy.com. Young Rock, Tuesday nights, NBC, Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Gaslit drops April 24th. I play Nixon's press secretary. Follow me on Twitter at AdamRayComedy and AdamRayComedy on Instagram. I've got a new stand-up special it's like a 30-minute uh, special dropping live from the punchline April 20th, so look out for that. Um, I just was on Mark Marin's podcast, WTF. Go check that out. That was a blast and also a milestone. WTF was one of my favorite pods when I got going, still is, and to be on that show with Mark was a real treat, so go check that out. Again, tour dates at AdamRayComedy.com. I'm coming everywhere, KC, Atlanta, San Diego, Seattle. Come out and see me. Buy the merch, AdamRayComedy.com, and let's party. Today's episode is one of my favorite episodes we've done of this podcast. It's his seventh time on the podcast. You know him from SNL, Wayne's World, Conan, and his new podcast, Fly on the Wall with David Spade, where they rehash and reminisce about SNL stories with cast members galore. It's uh, available wherever you get your podcast. Fly on the Wall, Dana Carvey and David Spade. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, his seventh time on the ALN podcast, Dana Carvey. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, My ancestors grew up in caves and forests, and then I'm raised in California. Hello. Hello. Luckily, I didn't grow up in L.A. It would have been a, you know, fucking... Are you glad you didn't raise your kids in L.A.? Um, Don't know. Coming out of the gate with the hot take questions. Oh, no, that's good. Uh, Because they were raised, you guys pretty much raised them in... um, Up there, they were were exotic, you know, because no one else's dad was in show business. Now you can go to show business high school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where like every dad is in show famous dad famous dad high school 
<laughs> so everybody, every kid has a famous dad. But yeah. anyway, they're great. They're they're uh, you know they're they're loving uh, loving life. It's cool. You know, I guess you you it's your hope if you see kids that are getting into the business because of their um their uh, their folks that actually are you know making headway like they are and also you know enjoying it and making mm-hmm. their own path which i know you you always mentioned to me you're like i'm there to help and support but you know i'm trying to yeah. curate to where you're gonna be like you guys can only do impressions in this family or get the fuck out <laughs> who's that an impression of me right now i want a trump before lunchtime <laughs> or there's gonna be hell to pay back in those days it would have been debbie bush <laughs> you better uh, have a stanley tucci by tomorrow 6 a.m Stanley tucci <laughs> see the stanley tucci i love has a great name. It does. His name is a punchline. It is. And it, Stanley Tucci. You know, it's just funny. It's like John Lovitz or something. Um, you just had Lovitz on the pod. Yeah, Lovitz is, uh, you know, when you when you have someone on the pod, because now it's called Fly, Flies in the Wall, available wherever it's Please. Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade, my new favorite podcast, probably your new favorite podcast, where it, uh, be a fly on the wall as Saturday Night Live alumni Dana Carvey and David Spade take you behind the scenes to reminisce about the most memorable yeah. stories and moments with friends of the show. See, yeah, you got that voice. You got pipes. <laughs> I mean, that's real. I have such a boring face and voice. I'm like the Not invisible true. man. No, but I love it because then you can attach something to me. Yes. Because on SNL, Lovitz would show up with giant prosthetic makeup. They're making him into a lion or something. Awesome. And you go... Can you tell it's me? John, <laughs> I can tell you from a half mile away. You know, with me, you put a mustache on. Where do you go? Yeah. So, and my voice, you have to have a neutral voice to right. be able to manipulate it. Right. Anyway, I think about this late at night. Uh, I do want to get into the pod, but real quick, let's let's finish that path of, of raising the kids and keeping them on the track of, like, being supportive without being coddling. Have you right. always been... Like, was that a cognizant move, like, from the get-go, where you're like, all right, I want you guys to do your own thing, but I'm here if you have questions? Uh, when it comes to uh, comedy and creativity, then I'm, I'm you know, I'm uh, much tougher organically. Right. Right. Uh, as, a, as a regular dad, no, I, it's very hard for me to discipline or be cruel or Yeah, I can't see you yelling. as ever laying down the hammer. I, I can't. Well, Stern and direct. I feel like you're the dad that's like, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> You're a big yeah. bummer right well, now. Well, my childhood was a shit show. You know, a lot of violence yeah. and a lot of uh, oppression. So I just went the other way. Right. But I think um, the one thing that I wouldn't stand for is rudeness. And so they weren't rude. So we would go occasionally on a private jet, like a giant one. I'm doing a press junket. We've yeah. got a G4. It's huge, ladies and gentlemen. You know. And it's the coolest, and you got to bring the whole the whole yeah. Damn so fam. they're going, and so it's a long flight. So the the flight attendant, one flight attendant, there we are on this giant jet. It's lifestyles, you know. How do you lifestyles of the rich and famous with master of disguise star Dana Carvey? Oh my God, one of my first impressions, <laughs> Robin Leach. Look it up, kids. It... I'm yelling, and I don't know why. That was a catchphrase that I never he had never said. So right. a lot of times I, I would make up catchphrases. And he goes, I never said that. And same thing with Regis. I said, I'm out of control. And he said, honest to God, Donna Gavi, when I wanted to write the book, they said, can we, can we call it Regis Philbin's Out of Control? And he goes, you know what? I never said that. That was Dan Agani on Saturday Night Live. So it's just funny. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. That's amazing. I'm, kind of, I'm going to come up with an Adam Ray. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> or something. And then they'll want to name your book. Adam Ray, are you kidding me? My buddy says I say fuck yeah a lot. He goes, every time I see you, yeah. you go, fuck yeah. Like if I ask somebody a question, they say something, I go, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. 
I like nice is good. Hey, yeah. I'm having a beer with my friends and a pizza. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. Hell yeah. Uh, but back to show business, yeah. it's, 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 uh, Captain. So you're on the, you're on the private jet. Robin Bro, Leach yeah. Style. And the flight attendant put them in beds and they had banana splits oh my and they God. were watching a Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I looked, I looked, at, I looked at it and I go, something's very wrong about this. Like, you know, gotcha. and now go to work at Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. Come on, kid. And don't have a complex. And don't ever have a complex. But they, uh, they, they love the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And they love comedy. And so it was a natural thing for them. But I don't know if it's ironic. They're kids who went on a traditional path to yeah. Northwestern or whatever. They're all in show business now. Right. Everyone's in show business. Mo, you're in show business, right? Everybody, everybody is Instagram. He's Mr. So show business. Everybody is in show business. Yeah. We've never been in a time like this, even We're, close, yeah. where you could do a YouTube channel and make five million a year. Yes. Yeah. The kids, how do you feel about the kids that unwrap toys and make a lot of money? I hear there's a guy who opens jars of pickles and is doing seven figures. God, yeah. fuck. And you're kind of like, what? See, that makes me angry, but then it makes me go, hey, man, you beat us all to the punch. Yeah, the kid that opens toys and makes $25 million. Yeah, it, it's so distortive. Like, he took the power away from the toy companies. Now, like, it's yeah. almost like with Rotten Tomatoes. Like, people are like, you know, you could like a movie, but then people are like, well, it's not certified fresh. And you're like, but I still like it, but it's not fresh. I know. So, you know, so you're like, right. Everyone's a critic. Yeah. Everyone's got a platform. Stating the office. Everyone's here. a critic, but no one's the critic. But I thought of this. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, Sherman, yeah. Je yeah. Jealous? <laughs> Sorry, John Lovitz once again. They. I thought of this 15 years ago. Yeah. I thought, oh, man, you know, right as, you know, YouTube started, I thought, well, could I, you know, I'm from Saturday Night Live and stuff. Could I make a channel? Could I get a million people to give me 50 cents a month? Probably. Well, back then, now it's becoming true for people mm. where there's podcasters I know that are making four to five million in their own little kingdom. Yeah. The aggregate audience on YouTube or in social media is about four to five billion globally. Right. And so if you can get, I know one other guy who start, did a Patreon thing for people who don't know about that. So our, my special podcast is Saturday night at 11. I don't know what's so special about it, but right. it's sad. And if you want it, you can't. Listen to that one or see it, but if you give me a dollar, you give me $5 a month, you can see all the special ones. So he started out with 3,000, then 10,000, 17,000. Now he's up over 40,000. So that, if I do my math correctly, that's 200,000 a month. Holy No one really knows who he is. Two and a half million just off that. So this monetization, which makes young people coming through crazy. Yes. Like, that guy's on fun, you know, because when I grew up, it's like the the best band was the Beatles and the most popular band. Mm. Oh, the funniest guy, Richard Pryor and George Conner, they were the most successful yeah. or richest, yes. Steve Martin. Yes. Now it's all upside down, yeah. all distorted. So you, I don't know how people process it, but if it bugs me, like I say when I'm on stage and I'm a millionaire and I'm really tweaked. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like Ben Stiller, we had him on a fly on the wall, yes. available wherever podcasts are. So. Very good. He, good. Uh, he said he, you know, he couldn't go on Instagram anymore. It made him feel bad. And this is after Zoolander, after you meet the parents, after, you know, he's a big, giant, yes, multimillionaire. Tropic Thunder, everything. Tropic Thunder, yeah. And it made him feel bad. So what? Wow. Yeah. So the distortion of this could never be underestimated. It's insane yeah. to. It's uh, not good. It's not. 
Not good. Joe? Joe. Mr. President, what, what do you think about Instagram and TikTok? I said, says to people, so that's a TikTok. Come on. We went on TikTok. I'm not afraid. We'll do it. Oh, you went on? God, but I got. Well, I want to just break him down for a second. Because my new toy, here's. I love that you call your impressions toys, by the way. They are. It's so, it's such a great way to break it down because the way you play, discover, and explore with a new person, voice, character, it's so always exploratory, which is what. A toy is right to kind of yeah yeah play with it. Uh, if it's a a, a, tr- a Tonka truck, you yes. go you go down the dirt. You, you find new cave. ways to use it. Yeah. And, and environments to uh, have and, it. And I extrapolate it so it makes me happy. So I I go through different different uh, distillations. <laughs> like my first we'll one that. was so abstract. It was like with Biden. Come on, this is people saying this is America. <laughs> So it was just that. Getting through, struggling. Th- I'm, I'm, and you know, the people said, it's going to America. <laughs> so, I, you know, I wanted to take it to the moon. Of course. You know. So then what happens when you're doing a public person, even President Biden, it, it takes a long time for people to get used to his new hooks. Like Trump was on Celebrity Apprentice. We yeah. saw him for years. Yeah. This new guy shows up in 2016. Never seen all those hooks. And, and you had to adjust to that. So with Biden... We knew of him, but then he shows up and I watched the town halls. So that's where I got the hooks when he had the little mic running for president. Mm. The first one I got was uh, he would say no joke when it wasn't a joke. My father lost his job. No joke. I'm not kidding around here. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Stuff that's not even remotely funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a hit and run. Like, the people died. No joke. No, no, not, Joe, there's no joke about that. No joke. It that's really not, happened. It's, it's, it's just America. So that was the first one. And then obviously he made the list, still does it. And I just distilled it down to number one, the one part. Come on, number two, what the guy said. Number three, you know the drill. And then he's mad because you don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Come on, folks, this is it rocket science. So if there's a follow-up, yeah. Uh, Joe, what did you mean by number two, the two part? Number two, the two part, what the guy said. Come on. What guy? Come on. Come on. It's this up. It's America. Uh, well, no no one's disputing where we are right now. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. Come on. I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> okay. I'll do it again. Okay. Number one, the one part. You know, well, Number you just two, what the guy said. Switch the Number order now. Three, you okay. know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what Ugh. I initially came out with, That's and I great. did it on Colbert. Yeah. And then the recent thing I saw- that was, Yeah, you got full getup for it. I did. And that one- I think the first blush one I did with them over Zoom was yeah. probably mo- more organic. That yeah. was a tough one. It, it, you know, this was back when, okay, for a lot of people, Ding Dong the Witch is dead. Yes. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the country was sad, but yeah. a lot of the country was joyous yeah. that we had a, a, a dad, a grandfather, yeah. A sweet, nice man as president. Yes. That was the premise. This is pre-Afghanistan. Yeah. Right? So he's like, so then there was a sensitivity to it. So once I got the whole get up on, you know, it was like it, it had a little more weight to it mm. and it was sensitive. After Afghanistan, when he goes, oh, it was always going to be hard. There's no way to get out of there. Come on. Once he got that defiant character yeah. and the more, a little more animated. Yeah. And my father used to do the patronizing whisper when he was older, oh. which is kind of like, you know, I know about stuff, you know, because guess what? I'm right, you know? And he would whisper. That's powerful dad shit. Yeah. Look, <laughs> it's not rocket science, you know? So Joe would whisper. Yeah. And guess what? People lost their jobs. I'm not kidding around here. And then the yelling guy, the defiant guy came out. So a whole new character emerged. Wow. 
the this past fall and then it's escalated into it. You Dana, know? that's brilliant the way that you pick up on I Thank I, you, Adam Ray. It really is. Available at all podcasts. <laughs> Fly oh, it's your podcast. On the wall, available wherever you get podcasts, Dana Carvey and David Spade. Mm-hmm. You you just never cease to I don't know if it's do you just, just do you think you just get conditioned after a while to um you know, just the way you would as a comedian um, in life where you just start to see certain moments and know what is funny about that to you right away. But with an impression, do you sit down like with all those extra layers you just found with Biden, which is just, I I would have never thought of, but when you say them, I go, oh yeah, those are the exact things. And even the hand, when you're doing the the speed in which you're raising your hand, I'm like, like, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And his eyes are so small. Taking the glasses off too, yeah. Yeah, come on. He did it. And it's really like what he's saying is, I could talk loud. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not old. Now, I what about the things. What about the go get him at the end of the State of the Union? Who was that for? <laughs> go get him. Yeah, I know. Let's go get him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's a fascinating thing. And again, these, these troubled times. I did. I play around with it. I'm a little lazy. Like if I... If I was on SNL and they said, can you do, which is a cause celeb for me, John Malkovich, who I love. Yeah. But I've never really, really done. That is like not, I hear it, but I can't do it yet. But if Saturday Night Live said, can you do it by Saturday? Mm. So the reason I learned Biden is because Al Franken asked me to do a benefit. We're old friends. I'm more politically, you know, neutral than he is. But uh, he's a friend and we wrote a lot together. So I said, oh, great. Now I have homework to do because we did it over Zoom and um, that made me learn the hooks. Yeah. So but in terms of Trump, I just saw one the other day after all this time. And, the, and you know, James Austin Johnson we, on Saturday Night Live is is the greatest. And I don't know if he does this hook. It's a sound that Trump makes. He's at the podium. He's got all his fans. Mm. He makes a list and then he fades away on the last the end of it. OK, so <laughs> little. He's brilliant, by the way, James. Yeah, yeah, he is. So anyway, the gas is going up seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon. How high can you count? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the new Trump. How high can you count? Oh he my! He does that God. sometimes. Like he's falling out of a hammock. Yeah, <laughs> seven dollars, eight, nine, ten. How high can you count? <laughs> it's like this is so fucking true. I'm just gonna sit back. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's an. There's an entitlement to that, yeah, of of fading away your words yeah. to where it's like, how high can you go? If you really want to hear how great this is, you better fucking turn up the dial, yeah, because like you know you got to catch ev- like it's almost like I, you don't deserve for me to give you the full like convicted into the mic, like the whole sentence at its full. Well, it's truest. like this is so obvious. That's that that he, how a... high can you go? Right, just that that musicality is is so. is everywhere doing things horrible. How high can you go? <laughs> so that's like a song in my head that makes my brain extremely oh happy. Oh my god! Um, and I think that uh, maybe the Teletubbies I... have raised their prices on tickets yet again. Forty, sixty, eighty dollars. It's too much. How high can you go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, I was waiting for it. You had it. Everyone's uh, got a good yeah. Trump. Look, you, know. you can smoke Bubba Kush. You can smoke Sativa Indica. How high will you go? How high can you <laughs> go? So, you know, Trump, you can make fun of him, yeah. but... Not the, going the, anywhere. The working a word. Mm. If you if you look at politics and look at human nature as just like, you know, high school with money, as yeah. Albert Brooks said, we're all just kids. And so, what a message. I mean, I heard... The, the hook for me was Trump would work winning like more than you could think like the audience would start laughing we're gonna be winning like you can't believe winning we're gonna win excuse me everybody's saying it we're gonna win more than you'll be begging me not to win 
we're going to win so much. How high can you win? You know, I mean, and he- Do you think Charlie Sheen was pissed? Because he was the first one to be like, winning, right? Oh, wow. Remember that? That's a good, yeah. Winning, hey, no, tiger we, blood, hey. No, tiger blood. He didn't take tiger blood, but he took winning, right? That is kind of a- yeah, uh, Winning. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> he was like, ah. Did he ever host SNL? If he has, we'll have mom as a guest. Charlie Sheen? I'm sure he I bet he did. Yeah, in the 80s? or audition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After Platoon. So tell me about starting this podcast because you know mm. you've been. Uh, this is now your seventh time on the About Last Night podcast. Is that right? You're a you're in the uh, the Golden Jacket Club or the Golden Shower Club. Either way, it's a prestigious. Yeah, and you're a, you have a nice studio. <laughs> Thank now. you. Yeah. I'd like to know how what this costs and how did you get it? Sans Sans Dwarf this time, but Brad is in our hearts. Brad our Williams, minds. ladies and gentlemen, you might be under the table. Check before yeah. you leave. <laughs> Uh, Brad is uh, Brad is the reason we met, which is amazing. Brad, yes, uh, which I am ever in, uh, you know, in his debt. I remember. I think he told me when you guys first met, it was up at the mm-hmm. Throckmorton, right up in NorCal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And had you met a little person prior to Brad? Um, Probably, right? You know, um, you know, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it's kind Warwick, of an interesting story. Not Warwick Davis from Willow. Did no, he? no. Yeah. So. Um, Please. Uh, doing Master of Disguise. Yes. Okay, so it's a kid's movie. It's PG. It's what? It's an all-time classic. It's a Dana Carvey hidden gem. I'll say uh, that. Rotten Tomatoes, oh. 10 years later, did a, a new review of it. Oh, good. And said, what is going on with this movie? It's as if it was written by little <laughs> children. But we didn't know it was going to be a kid's movie until like a few weeks before we started. What? We meaning me and people I wrote with. Yeah. So that we decided to make it the ultimate kids movie, almost a parody of kids films. So the, the 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 kid in the movie, instead of be Johnny, we called him Brave Barney Baker. Right. And the dog's name was the cuteness. Right. So we just so it became this distortive almost parody of uh, but it it was it has nice elements, but Oh yeah. We had this bizarre thing that in the master disguise world they practice on a slapping dummy. This is prescient. We'll we'll go into the Will Smith thing after this. <laughs> Just you always slap, so you never hit a man with a closed fist. You give him his dignity. Yes. So, so the slapping dummy was a mechanical thing in this kid's film, and I was going to work out with it. Mm. So it looks like this wooden robot. So we couldn't get it remotely to control. The only solution was to take a little person, put him in the back of the, the mechanical thing, and have him move the arms. Brilliant. Yeah. So I wish I knew offhand. I think his name is Duncan. So we got to be friends. So this is what was interesting. So Louis C.K. is visiting the set because he was my he was my head writer. Yeah, he was on the Dana Carvey show. Yeah, um, he's visiting the set, and Duncan's just walking around, and and Louis says, "You got to put him in the movie. You got to put him in the movie." Yeah, you know, he's like, "Okay." So at the end of the movie, I have a scene where I'm sitting with Duncan. He's dressed like a Super Mario character. I can't remember why. Because <laughs> why not? I'm I'm in this Itali- Italian uh, helpless yes. kind of man child. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you like. <laughs> and um, we just did this conversation. You like to slap. And so I talked him through it. And I said, you just go, I like to slap. After everything I say. I said, you, you really like to slap. I like to slap. <laughs> and it, I think it's the best scene in the movie. Amazing. So there you go. That's amazing. So be- before, before Brad, Brad went. And then I did meet a guy... I sat next to me on an airplane to Hawaii, mm. and he uh, ended up the same hotel we were all at with my sister's birthday. All of us in the grotto. It was at one of those hotels with a swim up bar. It sounds so like was, the beginning of a David Spade rom com. I have I have met a lot of little people, people on planes, is, on planes, and, no way. And, and in movies. Yeah, but Brad was the one that 
um, the stand-up powerhouse yeah. Yeah. that blew my mind. The powerhouse, yeah. I know. Yeah, monster. Just last night. And now he's going to Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas. You, we all got to figure out a time to go out there and see it. Do you know that? He's going to be in Cirque du Soleil? There's a, a new Cirque du Soleil show <laughs> called Mad Apple. It's about one night in New York. And he's there's a, stand, there's a little person doing stand-up comedy at one point, And he's the little person. Perfect. He does oh two my God, sets, he'll destroy. And he said, he told me last night there was something about where he's holding, they asked him, they go, because I go, are you in any weird outfits? Do you do, because Cirque is just so crazy. There's, you know, there's clowns playing Uno yeah. and there's oh, fucking yeah, nuns, just, yeah. you know, jerking Love off it. Panera employees and there's just, yeah. it's, it's chaos. Love it. And uh, and John Lovitz <laughs> is there, yeah. And yeah. I just be like, what is this madness? Yeah. And, uh, and so Brad goes, they might have me in a, I think he said a hot dog suit and then he just starts laughing and he goes... And then they go, but you're going to hold a cannon. He goes, as long as I get, I have a weapon, so that just to, something to dilute the hot dog suit. Hot dog suit, yeah. and a cannon, yeah. Brad Williams. Yeah, come on, come on, folks. <laughs> if that's not worth the it's price on of admission, Ticketmaster. <laughs> no, but if they let Brad go full, Brad, he'll oh, be yeah. he'll be what you call a showstopper, ladies oh, yeah. and gentlemen. He'll crush it. They'll do this giant applause because yeah. he's he's powerful. We got to. Uh, you, you and Lovitz were doing Vegas uh, a good amount, yes, right? Yeah, we, we did. It's we, still in the rotation. No, we did ten weekends. Yeah. Um, it turned into a shit show. Gotcha. That that we we were out at what was it the casino? Orleans maybe? No, no, no. way off Mirage. the strip. Oh, no, okay. no, way off the strip. The S L E. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know it was hard to get people to go out there. So eventually they kept trading ownership, and eventually there was no one answering the phones. So the ladies and gentlemen, I would go on first because John's act is bluer than yeah, blue. Yeah. And I would come out, and it'd be like a six hundred seat room, and be like ten people. What? <laughs> Toward the end, yeah. If you're listening, Vegas, I can draw more than that. Yes. But with oh, John Lovitz, I drew 10. Oh, I popped out at 10 God. or 12. You know, not everything works out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We were in the green room. He was, you know, he does the Laugh Factory in Vegas oh, yeah. where I do all the time. And so he was doing the early show. And so it was the first chance I got to uh, kick it with him and he's back there. And what I appreciated, though, which I um, I think is what you and Spade have uh, a good back and forth on on Fly on the Wall, available everywhere where your podcasts are found. Podcasts are sold. Where sold are found, and uh, as he goes, um, I just love people that want to be in the bit boat, as I call it, right away. Like right. they're always in the bit boat without a life preserver. I appreciate that. And John's wearing. He just. Oh, he loves it. I think yeah. he runs cold because I am a Seattle boy. I was wearing a t-shirt in the green room. I felt very comfy. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a giant. It looked like he had just <laughs> like he was gonna like he was wearing a coat as if his next words were gonna be like, "Well, I'll see you guys later." They put me up at the igloo casino because he looked freezing and the coat was so big and so i say to him i go i go hey john i can go upstairs and get you a bigger coat if you want like just oh, and, he and he goes yeah. ha ha he goes, oh yeah and then he just lit up right? yeah and he goes so yeah but he had a big smile because he uh, it was our first start of like okay cool this guy this yeah. guy's gonna throw it. and then oh, he goes it was so funny i forgot to laugh and he goes look at me i'm adam ray wearing a different hat than i wore yesterday just kidding it's the same fucking one. Yes. <laughs> it was just very John. Yeah, yeah, very John. Uh, the podcast, What you've you've done, uh, again, this one seven times. You've done so many. Your talk show bits mm -hmm. are always go, they always go viral. Did you finally let's, let's just go- some viability here in a sec. Come on, baby. With my- well, we, we will. We will. Okay. We will. Smith. There's a tease. Enter the sound of There's that. There's a tease. Uh, Wait, so, so did you- Yeah. You always wanted to do a podcast. You've got the uh, Dana Carvey Fantastic the Podcast. The Fantastic Podcast, which I will bring back, yes. which I love. Chris Rios, my sidekick, yes. who also cuts my hair. Fantastic. He just has a great organic sense of humor and yep. laugh. Larry Bubbles Brown phoning in, who's like famous in comedy. Yes. So I will bring that back. Good. What happened with this one is that, so I moved back to LA. I'm in West Hollywood. Yeah. David Spade's a man about town. Yeah. 
He doesn't like to be alone in his mansion. You know, <laughs> the walls start to close in. <laughs> you upset love to the bad guy, okay? You don't let my mansion a damn space. Why you gotta fucking do, man? I gotta go out, I gotta get out of here. The walls are closing in. Every time you look at me, you son of a bitch. So, I love Al Pacino. I mean, the there's best. nothing better than that. Wait, rhythm. real quick, is he? Have you uh, have you met him? Have no, you? but John Lovitz, full circle, met him. Oh, you know, Dana God. does you, you know. <laughs> you said that to Pacino. Yeah, I said it to Pacino. He does you from Scarface. He thinks it's your finest performance. <laughs> so, Pacino, I guess, said something like, "That's very nice." Yeah. Tell Dana. I like it. Now, if you don't mind, get the fuck out of my face. Who, who the I'm fuck taking are you? a shit. Who let you in this stall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, so I moved back down and I started Spade's out and about. You guys have been homies for a long time. I knew Spade before SNL when wow. he was like coming to LA at 21. Wow. And he ended up, I shared a house with Bob Dubeck and Kevin Nealon in Beachwood Canyon with my wife. Yeah. And then Spade took, I got SNL was able to bring Kevin in, and then Spade took Kevin's bedroom in the house. So we knew him back then, he was always funny. Yeah. And then I saw him on SNL, we shared probably four years there, three, four years, SNL, and then just kind of lost the thread of each other, but we always see each other like that. So yeah. when he moved down, we started going out to dinner, and I like to go to a place that's just really close to where I live, yes. like I just, so eventually we'd only go there. Yeah. And then we'd have these long dinners, we have, we'd have Conan or Ted Sarandos, who's wow. really cool. Yep. Or we, you the know, owner of Blockbuster. Ro- if people don't know that, yeah, Ted Sarandos. Oh, blo- I no, did. Well, I did Netflix, one. I did yeah. a Netflix obviously. corporate gig for Blockbuster like a year before they faded, and they're like Blockbuster. Everyone's singing, you know, rah rah corporate. Yeah, I sack about Blockbuster. Talk about yeah. What about the late fees? Because I didn't fucking, you know, I got to give you my house because oh, I lost the fucking. So funny that yeah, crushed. I bet. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so these dinners would just go on, and, and then we would talk and stuff, and then he went on Fantastic. Yeah. And I interviewed him. Yeah. And then our mutual manager said, that's a really good pattern chemistry. I do the voices. I'm older. I'm like his big brother. Yeah. He has a great uh, Dennis Miller level pattern. Not all the references that Dennis Miller's yep. brain can come up with, but just fades. The quick sniperness. You're a yeah. little more flowy and musical, and he's got that quick, like, yeah, yeah it's and a good just, back and forth. We just clicked. We don't compete. Yeah. We're, we're just sort of- uh, we're Support really, each other. Really good friends. Yeah. yeah. And- uh so we did it. I guess people like it. I don't know. I yeah. can't give you the metrics, you know. In Belgium, at 13.7 of people that were left-handed watched the first six minutes. You know, <laughs> Enough with the metrics. The breakdowns, yeah. Come on, okay? No many breakdowns, all right? Do cats like it or not, okay? I don't need to do fucking calculus to find out if I'm employed, all right, Kiki? Oh, my God. Okay, put down, put down the hash pipe, all right, Sparky? Oh. Um, so Dennis Miller there for a second. So then do you, we did, do we you did, love <clears throat> do you love doing it? So now you've done. You said you have banked about uh, 30, 30, 28. and twelve uh, yeah. will come out. You've I mean John yeah. Hamm, Rob Lowe, Tina Fey, Judd Apatow, Conan, uh, Hanks, which I fucking loved because Hanks is my you know probably my favorite actor of all time. Well, Hanks is there, Hanks. Well, the, first of all, I love visiting people. Yeah, I realized when I started doing this. Yeah, you have friends who you meet and do things with, like Hanks hosting SNL yeah. and so forth and so on. I did some other things with him. And then you don't see him. You, we're not all living in Beverly Hills like Lucy Ball. Hello, Bob Hope. How are, how are you, Humphrey Bogart? We're on just, Hollywood Street. <laughs> yeah, we're scattered. So you don't see people. So now I go on the Zoom, and then I get to see Tina Fey for an hour and talk to her, or Ben Stiller. So cool. And then when I see them again later somewhere, it'll just be that connection. To You know, John Hamilton. But the thing about Tom Hanks was he was early on, and I... 
I knew it was an SNL theme. Yeah. But I just he was a host. I, I'm also very interested in other things. Yeah. I, I'm spectacular. I'm very interested in making putting the person as a little kid. So I like to ask him, you know, to, when you're growing up, what were the movies yes. that floated your boat? Thank so you. then he levitated out of the chair, Planet of the Apes. I said, Jason the Argonauts. Jason the Argonauts! Jason the Argonauts! Ah! I mean, he yeah. couldn't even, and it was so fun. And finally yeah. I said, uh, Slinky or Silly, or, or yeah. no, no, uh, what's the ball you? Yo-yo? Uh, no, the ball no. you throw down really hard. Uh, uh, speed ball. Speed, uh, I, I can't believe it. Bouncy ball? No, I no, don't. no, no, hold on. Super ball. Yeah. Or oh yeah, that's right. Or slinky. Right. And he goes Super Bowl, of course. You know, of course you'd lose it once you're within it. You're going three yards later. Slinky get all twisted up. I mean, so that was really great fun. question. Yeah, yeah. great because you want it. You want they light up because you when you're researching, you look at some of their other podcasts. So you try to ask something. Love that asked. you do that. Yeah. yeah. You want to try to find stuff because a guy like Hanks hasn't done everything, but he's been out a lot and been asked a lot of things. So you want to try to come at him with some things that Saving are- Saving Private Ryan, that must have been scary. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's been asked Had a lot. you held a gun before then? Do you yeah. still go to the beach? You're like, yeah. And he had a photographic memory uh, about movies and about Saturday Night Live. Really shockingly yeah. remembered sketches that were cut and the theme song of the sketch that was Holy cut. Holy shit. And then would start singing it with Spade's sketch that bombed. And they both start singing the theme song. So anyway, he's a freak. But all of them have been great. John Hamm was so much fun and interesting. Real quick, do you remember more of the, like a comedian that will maybe focus on the person that's arms crossed, not smiling in a crowd versus everyone that's having a blast? Do you remember the sketches that got cut more than the uh, the ones that, you know, were game changers? Or, mm, or, not, or at all, I guess? Probably not more so. I had a weird experience on the show. Yeah. And by kismet. I mean, I'd auditioned... I did a few impressions. I did just regular bits, and I did a little thing called the Church Lady, yes. which was in my Santa pack. Yes. So then it's like, uh, how I long get, was it in the stand-up before you uh, thought to bring it to the? Probably two years. Okay. And riffing on stage a lot isn't that special? It came from just being at little clubs, like forty seaters. Wow. You know, and you would do it like at the end of the show to as a like as a crowd work thing, or I would do it as an observation. I would say we, we were Lutheran and there were always those people. The initial thing was we were just behind the punch ball. Well, actually the initial condescending voice came from when I would get up there, I'd look like howdy doody. Mm. You know, I'm 23, I look 15 right. at that point right. in time. And so I would kind of punch that balloon by going, people in the back are going, wow, wow, wow. They let children do stand up. <laughs> so it was that, that voice that we've all met and then it was a the teacher. I did it as a teacher who would say, let's make our sailboat. I'd have a piece of paper. We fold it over and we fold it over. It looks like mine's just a little bit better than yours. <laughs> so that was that. Oh, and man. then I eventually became the woman that was behind the church, by the punch bowl with the orthopedic shoes. Some of us come to church when it's convenient. So it all came from that. But it was a very fun attitude, even now, just to play. Would you look forward to playing it on stage when you knew you were about to do it? Was it one of those things where you were well, like, Well, you know, I is... would do an hour, hour 10. Yeah. Do, you know, the year or two before SNL, I was definitely stand-up heavy yeah, and really doing a lot of gigs. And so it was part of it. And it, was, it wasn't as... It was a little tricky. I mean, the easiest laugh I ever got was Jimmy Stewart as a waiter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just took your order. Well, what, what do you mean you don't know? I, I, to, I, to, I told you the specials. What do you want me to stand here like a dancing monkey? What? Well, fuck you too. Now that was the one 
That was the that oh. was the one that saved me in a biker bar with the blender going, fuck you, show us oh. your dick. Yeah. And they're doing the blender. Show us your yeah, dick. but then fuck you. You know. Crush. So that was the one. But church day is a little delicate yeah. and a little weird. But when they hooked it, it was great. You know. But did you know it was gonna be a when you got to SNL, was it an immediate thing you thought of where like, all right, right time, right place, I'm busting this out. I had other things that first show. I did chop broccoli yep. and the piano. Yep. Uh the church lady took a circuitous route. So it's like, uh, maybe you try that. No one was that aware of it or yeah. interested in it. And uh, um, maybe, so, maybe less pressure that way to do it, right? I mean, I don't know well, if you're it, coming in with a character that everyone's like, this is going to be great. Like, maybe there's, maybe it's too much pressure of the eyeballs, the you know, writers. I, I'd never been on Saturday Night Live. Right. I, no one knew who I was. Uh, is he funny? What? He looks weird. I mean, wow. John and uh, Phil Hartman, God rest his soul, the late great Phil Hartman, yeah. they would do all the gangster stuff. How are you doing? What's the word in the street? What are you doing? I was kind of a, a lone wolf, basically. Trying to find your way. Yeah. And it's, I'd never been, I'd never done sketch comedy and I'd I, never been on television, right. basically. I did some goofy pilots here and there, yeah. you know, but, uh, and, and, Anyway, those are long stories. Yeah. Um, but basically not. I was green. And so then Church Lake, I do it at read-through, but uh, Neil Young's in town that week. This is on a Wednesday. He calls Lauren. He goes, I'm doing a garage band motif <laughs> down at the uh, Madison Square Garden. Do you have someone who could play like an angry woman who would yell at us? So... I leave that after, after the read-through. I go downtown. I don't even know if Church Lady's on the show. I found out later it wasn't until Phil Hartman said, I think we should give it a shot. So it was put on the board as the final one in the dress rehearsal. Wow. Like the, the, the you know, the graveyards, you know. Yeah. So I went down and went out on stage. They mic'd me up and yelled at Neil Young's band in this fake garage they were playing in. In full Church Lady garb? I, th I don't know if I had chosen the dress okay. yet. Yeah. Some kind of dress. Right. Eventually it was a frilly one or the church lady one. I knew which one I wanted, but I held them up to Lauren. Oh, I, I think the one on the left, that's, and it was the one we used. Wow. You know? so then but, we, you're, but you're a church lady yelling at Neil Young. You're, you're, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, doing the character. Wow. It's just too loud. You're the old man. Can't, you know, just, isn't that special? Whatever. I did, oh. you know, it's just screaming. Yeah. I was never, never, I'm with Neil Young in Madison Square Garden. What the fuck? The How fuck? did I get here? How, yeah, it, crazy. So then we did the practice show. We rehearsed all week, and I had... Victoria Jackson was a guest, mm -hmm. and then I, Sigourney Weaver was the host, and we had, you know, Devil and your Naughty Bulbous, I, stuff like that. Yeah. So I do the practice show, and we get to the end. Here comes church chat, the whole thing, and it crushed. So then it moves up to the first sketch after the host monologue Holy in my shit. first show. And I was in the cold opening as well. So I... In was, the first show? I was cold opening. I didn't know I was in the cold opening. I was in the first show with Phil and Jan, and then the hosted Sigourney came out, and then it was church chat. So I'm, I'm holding down the show, basically. My manager at the time, in between dress and air, came back and said, I don't know why, but it's your show. It's your show tonight. I don't know why. <sighs> so I was nervous beyond comprehension. Really? Yeah, well, I, would, I was swearing at myself in the mirror. Fuck you. You know, I was just so trying to get rid of the fear. Yes. And then it all worked out. So that tilted me on the show from the very beginning because Church Chat got so popular. There was a lot of Tammy Faye. There was some Jimmy Swagger. There were religious scandals, the Reagan era. Yeah. Church Lats. And, and she was great because guests could come on. Sean Penn beat the shit out of me. A sucker punched me. And then I beat the shit out of him. Yes. But so the, it grew so much. The ratings were so huge. Every time it was on, it became a phenomenon. It had to be on. Like had to be on. You knew people were watching for that. Yeah, and it was great in that 
I had Phil and Jan and John. Everyone came on the show and scored too. So Lauren loves that. Yeah. Oh, he, really? He lo- he loves a sketch that's killing, and then you have all these guests. So the cast is involved. Yes. You know. So it was a, it, that's why I was tilted on the show. So I didn't have to earn anything. I wasn't scared in that way. I was still very nervous for about eighty shows, but that's more amazing. stories and like these can be found in oh, the podcast yeah. Fly on the Wall oh. with Dana Carvey and David Spade. <clears throat> the irony is on Fly on the Wall, we interview other people like you're interviewing me. Yeah. So we don't talk about this stuff. You get um, but, but a it, little bit. It naturally comes up. Like when you guys are talking yeah. about like like with um, uh, an Apatow and, and about the Sandler yeah. stuff. Like yeah. good Sandler stories come up and then you'll give uh, some good uh, curtain peel reveals of, uh, you know, when Sandler and I were doing this or when you saw him or told him this before a sketch. Yeah. That church lady phenomenon thing is so, we'll never, there'll never be another time like that. In any, first of all, sketch is just you know, uh, not what it was like at that, that time, and mm-hmm. with also less, you know, channels, less options, everything. But also, like we uh, mentioned earlier, with without social media and stuff, to be a phenomenon like that on a yeah. show that's the it show, was it? D- d- can you go? Can you like tap back into that? Like as far as like when you're walking around New York, were you? Oh yeah. Did you find a? Were you like I can't believe that I'm getting recognized everywhere. I'm going into the coffee shop I went into last month where I just they they spelled my name Donna and now they're, oh, no, no, they're yeah. like Mr. Mr. Coffee. Do you want to make the beans yourself? I don't know who that is, but you know they're just. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that character from you. You're maybe too strong yeah. looking. But... No, it's the huh, little nebbishy guy. Jewish guy that works yeah. in the Jewish deli that that somehow got a job. He's double shifting at Starbucks doing Mr. Coffee. Do you want to <laughs> oh, make the? Do you want to smell the beans first? <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was the the show was in a rough place. We only had an eight show pickup, right. and then we started growing the audience outside. You come out of, you'd rehearse in eight H. You come out on a Friday night, and there'd be like four stragglers. Hey, could I get an autograph? By nineteen ninety, at Wayne's World came in, and George Bush and Ross Brown ninety one. You come out, there'd be three hundred people there. So this whole rush, the ratings doubled or tripled. I mean, all of us feel. Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Dennis Miller. It was just a real, and then Sandler came in and Farley and everybody. So we just, it kept growing. So it was out of body and surreal. And we followed the Golden Girls, which was a huge show. So our numbers SNL were huge. was after the Golden Girls? That no, It was off on at 10. There was the newscast, but still that carried us over. So our numbers were huge. So you could do a bit and then the next day on Sunday, hey, I love that judge lady giving Sean Penn a bunch of shit, you know? And I'd say to my wife, really? <laughs> no, my point is, <laughs> good, night. good night, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This is, you now you know you have to download Fly on the Freaking Wall. Yeah, dude, I never liked the title. To. I was I wanted to call it, that's show business. You know? <sighs> also a good title. But anyway, Fly on the Wall is what it is. Uh, do you have guests? What's great, you when we had lunch at your, uh, your place, I don't know, maybe a year ago, you were telling me about this in the works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just, I couldn't stop playing with myself at the idea of it actually <laughs> happening because I was like, it's such a genius. When you, when you hear something, you know, and you go, oh, I can't believe that's not a show yet. Mm-hmm. It just gets you even extra juiced up. And with the, I think what we were uh, sort of riffing on is the amount of people that are tied to the show yeah, that are, you amazing. haven't even truly tapped into like musical guests or people that no. just maybe audition for the show. Yes. Well, I guess Johnny Knoxville, right, was maybe one of those because he auditioned. Yeah, you, yeah, you <clears throat> have a great story. Kyle Dunnigan has a great story. He was on 
in 8-H. Yeah. He has a great story. Oh, wow. So we, they, they, it hits so <clears throat> many. It's 50 years old, practically. Yeah. It hits everybody on some level. On top of all, you could do just cast members and fill years of episodes. Yes. But, I mean, it's truly, like, and the writers, and get, like, Millennium sure at some point, like, that's a, a, oh, yeah. a, a an entire perspective that is. We have Jim Downey coming up. Wow. 90-minute uh, podcast. Who was head, uh, head writer. Head writer for years and wrote uh, Update with Norm and brilliant writer. I wrote a lot of stuff with him. He helped. It was yeah. He's he's really really interesting. Because the the creative process is fascinating, and the emotional um, idea of that's the seminal experience of being on that show. Yeah. Uh, even no matter if you become Will Ferrell <clears throat> or Adam Sandler, there's nothing so tactile and right. experiential like the grease paint and the horses and the the ponies and and just you know freaks and dancers. It's the horses, the ponies, and the how many ponies can you do? <laughs> Horses and ponies, like you wouldn't believe. Horses, ponies, everywhere, please. Horses, when you get up, horses, when you go to sleep, you ride them, you sleep with them, you water them. How many can you get? It's not, isn't that, why is that uh, so funny? I'll get bored no. with that right now. What can I go? I don't know why it makes me so happy. It's almost like he's painting. It's almost like I hear, like, the, the more you know, like, the da na na It's got a yeah. similar type of, like, oh, no, no. like just, like, gets loud and then fades away. Yeah. I can talk loud. Watch me talk loud. And this is Sebastian America. You know, Joe Trump said he could kick your ass in the uh, debates last year. What if you guys go <laughs> at it again? I could take him out behind the woodshed. That's the <laughs> that's the interesting thing. I mean, the guy's doing fine. He's 79. He's the yeah. guy, like, in your neighborhood, your ball will go into his yard. He goes, yes. mine now. Okay, came in a yard. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he throws it back. It's no. mine now. That's my ball. <laughs> you got to put it. It's no joke. I'm kidding around. It's It's America. <laughs> Please, mister, could I could I get my ball back? No. <laughs> Jill said, I'm not even married to her yet. <laughs> but, oh you know, um, he, yeah, he's, he's endlessly funny, too. And I, you know, we'll just keep going. Are there people you want to have on the pod that you, like our dream guests that you guys, once you start to get into it? Some of them are coming up. Bill Hader. Wow. Who's, who just You love yes him, to, right? That's a guy that you. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I always do. I sometimes do a. Uh, up front something like if someone said you were the greatest cast member on on the history of SNL I wouldn't slug him in the face now it goes back to Will Smith again yeah, yeah. she's everything <laughs> Always, is every, dude any slap. anything even just the word face is now going to be synonymous with the Will slap for a while mm -hmm. you know do you want to talk about okay, that you've got resting bitch face like we resting Will face <laughs> you heard uh, David and I did a little talk about yes. it on the fly on the wall. Yes, and everyone is weighed in. It's a it's a Teutonic shift in our culture you, right now. You weigh in because of the um, you know just the the magnitude of of it being a part of our business. Uh, I've never been to the Oscars. Have you? I think probably many times. I yeah. was there thirty years apart. Oh wait, you and Mike did. Yeah, yeah. So gotta remember that. That was fucking unbelievable. That was. Three, four years ago? Who knows? But it was pre-COVID. Pre Pre-COVID, pre yeah. That yeah. Was, and, 2018. Oh, man, that was unbelievable. So 30 years apart? Well, I, we went there for Wayne's World, and then Mike was did Bohemian Rhapsody and just wanted me there, so we did the bit. Yeah. And so, you know. what is So just set the scene for us at that award show. Not, I guess, now more recently, so that it's well, tied to the first uh, of all, incident. I said to my wife, okay, if we're going back, I'm going in style. I want... I want a really good tuxedo. Yeah. So we went to, I don't know which one in Beverly Hills. My wife would know. Private dressing room. We had a guy. Okay. Lane, Lane Bryant? No, no. It's a joke. That's <laughs> oh, a yeah, sorry. My yeah. mom shops. It was at. like, yeah, I sorry. don't know. Whatever the most expensive. <laughs> yeah. 
So I just said, I want George, I want George Clooney. So he kept bringing yeah. stuff, and I go, is that George Clooney? No, you want George Clooney. So we went on and on and on until it was like, well, what would George Clooney's shoes look like? The Are those George Clooney? Oh, you want George. So eventually I had a full George Clooney tuxedo. I don't really spend a lot of money on anything. It was $10,000. Yeah. I'll probably never wear it again. Amazing. I could ride it, it off, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. That's our tax cam right I there. I could ride it off double. <laughs> I could ride it off double. Once for weighing it, one for dry cleaning it. Mr. Carve, you want to smell the beans? Yeah, I wore it around the house once at a fucking pajama party. <laughs> what do you want, my whole fucking life? You know what drives me nuts? People like you getting in my fucking grill with your business. It's my money last time I checked. You want to take it? Take a taste. Just leave a little little meat on the bone for me, okay? Because I'm busting my balls over here. Oh my I'm going God. right to the camera. <laughs> I want to see you in a mob gangster movie so bad. That's so, that's so, you're, you oh. can tap into that guy so oh, yeah. well. Just give me a nose or yes. some kind Prost of thing. Yes, yeah. get our girl Jen Aspinall to, to prosthetic you up. Oh yeah, you know, I'm glad it's easy. It's a good attitude to it's have. It's like a little Pacino, little Dennis Miller, little like yeah. Fauci. Yeah, what the fuck do you want? You know, what do you, you know, I, I you know, I, um, it was uh, a friend of mine, uh, he's from Brooklyn, you yeah. know, long-term friend who passed yeah. away. But anyway, he's a brilliant guy. It's so funny. And he'd never been anywhere. He'd been to Coney Island once in his life. So he's in he's in Florida. And I go, let's go to Disneyland. Now, you know, Disneyland, never been there. You know what I mean? This so tra I, Travolta? Yeah, this guy. He talks like this. So we go on Pirates of the Caribbean, and we're in the boat and stuff. And then he's seeing all the little figures popping out of barrels and stuff. He goes, hey, is that a real person? I go, no, that's not a real person. Yeah, but that's a real person right there, right? That's got to be a real person. No, no, they're all animatronic. No, no, come on. Now, that's got to be a real person right there. You're like, who do you know that walking waves like He'd that? He'd never been. Yeah. He'd been at the coin toss or the, the roller coaster. That was an extent of- He's in a three-dimensional world. Too he much. He couldn't, couldn't, couldn't deal with that's it. That's you know? so funny. But um, that's a that's a great character bit or something taking like the the um, that's the crazy. isolated Brooklyn guy putting him in Disney World for the first time. I mean, for me, as that's got to be a person. That's a person, that's right? A person How about that pirate? Person. I feel like I live next to that guy. That's not a person. Yeah, yeah. if that's not a person, then you know I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm high. Yeah. But you know, they I always thought the East Coast could beat up the West Coast. As a kid, they scared. Oh me. yeah. The East Coast just seemed like so rough and tumble. Oh yeah. You know, you get these drivers coming from the airport when you go into Kennedy. I've always been faithful to my wife. I've always been faithful. I had a little on the side, but I've been faithful. She's saying this to me. I had a couple, a couple stashes. And then you're like, sir, I just asked you which freeway we should take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always was faithful to my wife. You know, I had a couple on the side, you know, every other weekend in Queens, but, you know, I was faithful. I've heard that so many times. I know. The cabbies, it's what I love about, and Uber drivers now, I think, are getting pretty healthy with Mm -hmm. their. They're, uh, they're small talk, but cabbies, yeah, in New York, there's nothing like getting in, and right out of the gate, you feel like you got into a conversation that was already happening. Oh, totally. Like, you get in, and yeah. it's like, hey, you know, but that's when I picked up the bass clarinet, because we couldn't afford a sax, and you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to me, right? Yeah, yeah, you've been there for a minute, at least up here you have. So anyway, uh, you know. Yeah, it just seems like it's yeah. just such a gritty, tough world. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my <laughs> face. What are you doing? Come on. Okay, so the Oscars I'm is doing a, Biden. The, yeah. the Oscars is a very pristine, prestigious. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. I mean, it is. what you do is when you're driving to the Oscars in the car, a mile before you get there are people alongside the road saying Jesus loves you. Like, stop, don't go. Honking and screaming and noise and spanglish. Just you're being heckled by a mob all the way in the super first world privileged limousine and a ten thousand dollar tuxedo. Yeah. And they're just harassing you for a, like 
They must have done that to Will Smith <laughs> the whole time going yeah, up. Yeah. And then you go in and it's so shrill and so loud when you're going down that giant red carpet. I can't say it's it's enjoyable, you know, um, but it was fun. But it's par for the course. Just like being in the room and having to maybe be the butt of some jokes or be included in the program, it's just, it's all, I think there's an assumed, if you're there, you're kind of game for whatever, or you yeah. got you have to absorb the light bulbs and the screams and the autographs and someone that maybe rushes out of the stands to come hug you. Like, that could happen, right? There's a lot of... There's a sense of intensity. These are the shiniest toys that are out for a night. Exactly. I mean, the only... The, out of the package. The couple things that were fun is I'm going backstage to get ready to go out and present with Mike Myers, and then we're in this kind of bar, and I see a guy in a tuxedo with a glass of champagne in a tuxedo, and it's Daniel Craig. So I said, Sue, you always so wear cool. a tuxedo and glass champagne. <laughs> but the funny part was, is a lot of these guys, and Gary, him and Gary Oldman, they remember me from the 90s. I feel like I've just been in a cave somewhere. But he's like, Dana, how are you? This is, you know, Daniel Craig. And then Gary Oldman, oh, I believe we met at Piccadilly Circus in 1990. <laughs> you remembered it? What? Oh, my God. So that was very cool. Uh, you, you're meeting people, you just... Yeah, dude, kind of you're a fucking legend. Brilliant, man. brilliant people, though. Did you? I always hear about the award show bathroom. Uh, like, you know, like I was peeing next to Robert Redford and fucking, <laughs> you know, Meryl yeah. Streep. Yeah, she was standing up. Hey, it was awkward, you know. Um, any, any of those? I was waiting to get in uh, in line, and then it was Jason Momoa, cool, and his then wife. Yeah. And Jason Momoa is like, I, I know some people from Hawaii, like, bro, man, yeah. you're a killer, bro. Yeah. You're my man tonight, man. I mean, the nicest, <laughs> yeah. biggest, friendliest yeah. guy you could ever meet, you know? And that was sort of weird. Aquaman, you know who I am? I was just like. <laughs> Aquaman, you know who Garth is? Yeah. yeah. Pretty on. Yeah, everyone knows who Garth is. <laughs> Garth is, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Do you, uh, that's one of the, uh, we got a bunch of fan questions. I want to segue into one of those. Somebody asked, do you, um, what do you think when you see people dress up as Garth for Halloween? And I was telling you that, um, um, you know, my new pal, uh, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, mm -hmm. said that he and his wife dressed up as Wayne and Garth for Halloween. And he was saying, he was joking about how he goes, it was weird because she was Garth. And so I was like, you know, uh, I think I told you this, he goes, uh, I was, uh, That's you know, funny. she was really hot as Garth. So then I was like, I was, you know, turned on by Garth. So then I'm like, God, do I have like a secret love for Dana? Like, do I need to call him up and squat, you know, figure this out, you know? No, it's always the w women who do Garth. Yes. With the long blonde hair. Yes. You know, and then the, they, they do the thing. So I can't fathom. When that started, that. was it mind blowing? Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't know. We just did the movie. Uh, we were kind of, everything was cool. It was kind of working as a sketch and stuff. It yeah. was going great. Yeah. And then we didn't know if the movie was going to do anything. All of a sudden, it's just number one and fan mail is like exploding toward us. And Mike and I went to London to promote it, which I was, didn't know what time it was when they said, do you want to go to London to promote? I'm kind of tired. It's been a long season. I think, could I go to LA? And they go, well, we'll give you all you want on the Concord, how many seats you want. So we took like eight people on the oh, Concord, man. stayed at the Dorchester, and Paramount had been pushing Wayne's World in London, like heavy. So we went to the premiere in London, and we're in our little, well, I didn't have a 10,000 or tuxedo, yeah. and we're in some cool British limousine, and we get out, and there's 5,000 kids with Wayne and Garth posters and leaning on a cyclone fence and screaming like we were the Beatles. Like the Beatles. Like we're the Beatles. By the yeah. way, that's it's not too far off to say that like that's your Beatle experience in London too. Like that's oh, very oh, cool. Oh yeah. And yeah, for, and then later on Paul was um 
I think it was Wayne's World two or something. He was he was sitting next to Mike, you know, in in London, and and Mike said that he was just very chatty while <laughs> trying to watch the movie. <laughs> you know, that was just <laughs> so it's like. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I'm a goth, sometimes I'm a Wayne. Depends on the mood I'm in. You know how popular I am, and all my confidence. Yeah, we're kind of trying, trying to uh, watch a film here. Okay. Uh, That's a great other hook for Paul McCartney of him being the chatty guy in a movie. The chatty just guy can't in a movie. Stop. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or the guy, or the guy watching a movie, a horror movie, and trying to figure out, <clears throat> figure out who's the killer right away. You know those people that like. Yes. A minute in, they're just like, that guy's going to do that. And this is, he's yeah. that because of that, you know. I found comfort in it. And I don't know if I've done this on a podcast, but uh, just give me a news story. And then I, I, I put it through the sausage factory of Paul, a Beatle positivity voice to make it seem not as dire. Okay, how about this? Or Mo. Carol Baskin and Tiger King feeding, potentially, uh, Carol Baskin has been accused of feeding her husband to the tigers at her cat ranch. Yeah, you know, she's, she was uh, like, a, you know, she liked the little kitties, you know. And sometimes the kitties got really big, you know. So she's like, you know, I don't really like my husband, you know. Maybe I'll chop him up a little bit with a chopper, with a chopper, you know. I'll feed him to the kitties, you know, because they're hungry. And they go purry, go to sleep, you know, with parts of my husband in the bellies. <laughs> Just doesn't sound quite quite like a sociopathic uh, murder. Amazing. You know, but yeah, that's a very... Positive. I used to do uh, Paul, John, and Ringo. It, it's it's a myth, I think, but yeah. that they try to get to Woodstock, and they were in a car and they got lost. You know, well, I think you go left, John. Well, I can't see anything right now. The fog's so thick, and Ringo's in the back. Come on, me brothers, don't fight me, brothers. And George is like, I think maybe we made the wrong decision. You know, so the, like, <laughs> that's a good George. I love all of them. Be John and Paul, the primary you writers. You truly love the Beatles. Is oh that yeah, and Conan and J.J. Abrams. Yeah. We have a club. <clears throat> I can't lay claim to it other than I was nine years old with older brothers in 1964. My brother and I, Scott, had a band called the Surfers because we were into the Beach Boys. Yeah, I had a Hardy Boys book as my snare drum. I stole drumsticks from Mickey Hart from Grateful Dead at his store on Laurel Avenue. Wow. And I ran into him 30 years later. I didn't know it was his store. And he says I had a music store on Laurel Avenue in the 60s in San Carlos where I stole my drumsticks from. Holy shit. So I said, I think I should. And so I handed him a 20. Holy shit. We call it even. <clears throat> but anyway, so we had a band. Then we saw the Beatles. And yeah. Then we were the Beatles. And I, we had a red hamper I would kick as a kick drum. And then a fascination with them. And I do think it's a renaissance decade with yeah. Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and others, yeah. Hendrix. But then the Beatles were such lightning in a bottle that the society is still figuring them out, mm. I think. And yeah. young people, too, yeah. are like, no. Like Dennis Miller had a great quote about it because he's just, he goes, I can figure out the stones, you know, <laughs> Zeppelin, other bands, okay. But for the life of me, I can't figure out the Beatles, how they could have that many songs, that brilliant. I don't understand it, Kirby. <laughs> I went a little quiet. <laughs> it is, it is uh, you know, a, an above ground water thing to try to figure out, like how you can be that. Uh, did you watch that Disney Plus? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Mike watched it twice. All the way through, it's like eight hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Did I ever tell you when I met Paul McCartney, the one and only time at the Hollywood Improv? No, I, he's I'm walking, such a sweet guy. The sweetest. Yeah. I walk yeah. into the room. It's a 10 p.m. show on a Wednesday. There's maybe 50 people in the crowd, maybe. I walk in, my buddy just goes, hey, no pressure. Paul McCartney's in the back. I go, hey, 
all the pressure is what you just gave me. <laughs> well, I did not expect any Beatle yeah. to be here. So I go up, I turn the, the, the juice up. I try to, you know, I'm yeah, not yeah. performing for royalty. So I'm like, and, I, and then I, um, and it was a fun set. It was a good Same. crowd. I, you know, the back of the improv showroom where the, the door is to leave the mm-hmm. back. He's sitting right in that booth right near the door. So I purposely walk right by in the hopes that he'll maybe tap me on the shoulder and we'll become best friends. Wow. And I walk by and I had done this dumb, dumb joke about Shania Twain and she has a song called That Don't Impress Me Much. And I, I was oh, doing I a joke that. about yeah, like, you know, she'll even take the smallest things and be like, so you have a car, that don't impress them. And I'm like, well, that took me a long time to save up for. I'm still making payments on that Ford Escape. You know, there's a chip shortage. And so I do that <laughs> and I walk by and uh, and he taps me on the shoulder as I walk by and he goes, Adam, Adam. And uh, and I go, oh, hey. And he goes, oh, it's very funny. He goes, that don't impress me. And he like does that back to me. Very and then sweet. he goes, yeah. do you want to sit down and have a drink? And I go, yeah, of course. And he's, I sit down and, wow. and he goes, he goes, what are we having? And I go, dude, I'll drink anything. I'll do anything to you. I'm very vulnerable right now, you know? And he goes, let's get margaritas. <laughs> just, and I go, <laughs> margaritas? yeah. And I just go, yeah, man, of course. So we get margaritas. We cheers. He goes, what are we cheersing to? And I go, to be in best friends forever. And he leans in and goes, what else? <laughs> he's a, and then he's we went outside man. and we and I tried to throw a Hail Mary and ask him to do the podcast. And he's like, oh, we got to get on a flight. We're going to China, you know, at 10 a.m. And I go, I'll come over with the mics. I'll bring my buddy Brad. We'll, 15 minutes. We'll come to the hotel. We'll do it in the lobby. He puts his hand on my shoulder and with a big Paul McCartney smile, just leans in again and just goes, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and then he yeah. pats me on the shoulder. And then just goes, great show, you know. You know, yeah, it's so many people have gone insane by being that famous. And then Paul is able to just. Yeah. Men do crazy things for women. Samson and Delia, Cleopatra. It's the Trump classic. Trump and Melania. Yeah, let me tell you, so many things, so many things. You used to do so many tell? things for me, baby. You used to let me pick the TV shows every night. Is that all Melania? <laughs> <laughs> You, it's me, Melania. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall in that marriage? I'm ready. I've taken the pills. I bathed twice. I've got my jammies on. Moisturized everywhere. How, how high can you moisturize? Can you just use the doll again, please? <laughs> uh, Who's the new one we should do? So does anyone do a Melania or a Baron? I think there was someone on Colbert, a woman, you know. Did a great Melania. Yeah, it's just sort of that Czechoslovakian accent or Slovenia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let me she, tell you. That's right. Yeah, she's got. Yeah, because when she was like, you know, I do this bit now about the first ladies and their campaign slogans that they need to help unify the country. Every first lady's got to do it. And I go, Michelle Obama famously went, you know, hard in the paint with they go low, we go high, <laughs> and everybody yeah, was that. like, yeah. yeah, potheads were like, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to tell you, man. And I go, and Melania Trump came right back with a be best. <laughs> just be best and then everyone's like yeah wait what be better try your best I feel like we're missing some words and then I go it's- Trump was for sure in the wings just like you get two syllables a week and then back in the box bitch uh, <laughs> he has to add bitch I, I, yeah of course I just feel like he's got that's a guy too that that I think is controlling even parts of like what she does and says but I think I'm waiting for her tell all book you know, it's you could call it maybe a Faustian deal. Yeah. If you marry an older guy who's a little heavy and so forth and so on, yeah. um, you, you you get a billion. Yeah. You get a billion, yeah. but it's sometimes you there's another price to pay. Yeah. The only woman I do is Greta Thunberg, who I find fascinating. You do a Greta and Thunberg. And all I have is how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I mean, I always think about they've got to stop 
flying into climate conferences because we can't take it serious when they drop a carbon bomb on on Edinburgh, right? And then they're dancing <clears throat> and partying all night. You know, even she has a pot. You could look on YouTube. She's singing a song. I don't want to dance tonight. We're gonna be all right. And Al Gore's out there. I got <laughs> the planet's heating up. I mean, they're not acting like there's any real problem. They <sighs> put those those things are a yeah. Suck and fuck parties. Yeah, man. they really are. The suck and fuck parties. How do we get an invite to that, Mo? Um, we got blue toward <clears> the end. That was Dan, good. Dan, I want to uh, wrap this up in a few minutes. Can we do? A, I want to do yes. um, a, a couple fun little games here. One, I found. I was talking about pickup lines with a buddy of mine last night okay. at the comedy store, and I go, oh, "This yeah, would be a fun you. thing okay. to do." Where I found some of the uh, some old, dirty, awful pickup lines, and I want to. I'm going to turn the computer to you, and I'm going to okay. throw a few guys at you, and I want you to read them. I'll be the girl at the bar, and you can just kind of okay. pick and choose as you want. Um, they're just all. They're in that little. Uh, paragraph there oh they're one at a time each one each line is its own thing wait a minute i just want to be able to see it yeah really well. okay good no hold on let I me have, uh I have let me make sure i can here. space them out for you you're gonna be all right how dare you <laughs> yeah these are okay the internet man never never fails i literally just typed in i go you know, okay so pick up lines is different people okay let me yeah. see so let me know. see how many can you pick up so I'm okay. just gonna throw a guy at you, and then well, or wait, you can... are you a sea lion? Because I see you lying in my bed tonight. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. So, okay. but each one, each line is its own okay. thing. Okay, and it's a lightning round, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. Dang, dang, dang. Yeah. So <laughs> the like so the first one, let's impressions do impressions pyramid. Yeah, she did that with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, impressions pyramid. Okay, here we are. Go um, all right, so I'll I'll be the girl at the bar for each of these, all and, right. and so I'll, so I'll set you up by saying like, oh hey, and and introducing okay. myself to you. We're, and scene. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh my God, Jimmy Stewart. It's nice to see you at this bar. Yeah. yeah, well, are you are you a sea lion? Because I can see you lying in my bed tonight. Uh, I'm going to call my friend. Uh, hey. That was, that was a good one because sea lion is a very good word for Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm going into Biden now because Biden is in Jimmy Stewart frequency. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah? You know, it's in there. Yeah. But, but, but are you a sea lion? <laughs> yeah. But Biden be like, yeah, well, come on. Are you a sea lion? Come on. <laughs> Because I can see you lying in my bed tonight. No joke no, around. No it. joke. Because I'm good. And I'm big. And I know how to do it. Jill, tell Jeff to take the special pill. Go ahead. Oh my God, is that Liam Neeson? I can't believe you come here. Do you work at Home Depot? Because you're giving me wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good pun. Pretty good. That's do you work good. at Home Depot? Because you're giving me wood. Now get out. Um, but I, I work here, yeah. I'm in a very good mood today, can you tell? I don't play one note in my movies. I'm not always angry. Sometimes I'm just kind of angry. Who are you? Get out. I want an ice cream. Any kind you got. It was the time of the troubles. I, I love the Irish say that instead of a uh, troubled time. Oh, yeah. It was the time of the troubles. Okay. All right. Um, Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Ross oh, my, Perot. Oh, my goodness. This is so crazy because I didn't even know that you drank. My name isn't Elmo, okay? Can I finish one time? But you can tickle me anytime you want to. <laughs> Um, not bad. Uh, not bad. Okay. How many people remember Ross Perot? This is dating me. Because of you, all of them. It's dating me. Okay. Um, oh my goodness, this is so crazy. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe this. This is just. I have to, I have to ask. Excuse me. Um, wow, Donald Trump. How this is such an honor. <laughs> Are you a tortilla? Because I want to flip you over and eat you out. How much can you eat? <laughs> I got that thing in great, there. Great, amazing. How much could you eat? Amazing. You were... All right, last thing we're gonna close out with. Mm -hmm. I want to do. Okay. We did this on my. We Lock did this it. on my uh, 
you were so generous to do my um, uh, the uh, Northwest Harvest charity show over Zoom during COVID. Right. Which you had just landed. We did over Zoom. Mm-hmm. You crushed it. It was it was amazing. And we did something called Impression Session. Impression where, where Session. Where we basically did a couple yeah. impressions and they were debating a stupid topic. Okay. So this first one I'm going to do is Dr. Phil versus George Bush Sr. debating uh, why porn is good in moderation. And uh, <laughs> okay. I will go first. Of course. <clears throat> Well, I think, uh, you know, in most people's lives, okay, it's all about the choices we make and the choices we don't make and the things we touch ourselves to and don't want to touch ourselves to. Because, look, in my case, I make my wife wear a mask of myself just to know what it's like when people tell me to go fuck myself. We'll be right back. Well, well, sometimes you get frisky. (laughs) You never know when things are going to pop up. Frisky time, getting getting like a wolverine crazed and... Kind of, kind of active, furtive, ready, action, sex, people, love. <laughs> Sorry. All right, next one. Uh, Ray Romano versus. Thank you, Mo. Ray Romano versus Garth. What What do you like? Uh, what do you like to go on TikTok for? Well, you know, I, uh, most of the time I go on TikTok is to uh, try to find uh, videos of uh, recipes for. Uh, uh, avocados. Yeah, uh, you ever been married? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go on TikTok to try to find a place to buy licorice because I like red rope licorice. If you remember in Wayne's World One, he had it in the AMC Pacer and he pulled it down from the ceiling and cut a piece off. Then he ate it. <laughs> no joking around here. No joking around. No joking around. He's doing Garth. Come on. Doesn't matter that he's 75. He gets to show it since I'm president. That's how it's American with the people sad. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard here. Yeah, you know what I just look at boxer. A fighting guy, Sugar Ray Leonard. Come on. Mo Howard. You know, from the that's the Sri Stooges. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, Robert, I'm working the room here now. Robert Downey Jr. versus Church Lady on why Christmas is better than Halloween. Well, first of all, you know, I think Christmas is one of those holidays where it's like Christmas, Purim, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. They all fall under the same banner for me, which is there's not enough days in the week to really celebrate it to its full effect. I used to date a woman. I used to fuck a woman. I used to see a woman. I used to lay next to a woman. We used to have sex. I was asleep. She was awake. Uh, YOLO, TMI, fuck it. But don't judge me. I just think there's too many things, too many holidays to celebrate. And I think Halloween is like dress up like somebody else. Christmas, you can dress up like yourself and pretend to be somebody else on the inside. Well, well, well. If we have to choose between Halloween and the day of our Lord. <laughs> Halloween, witches and goblins and sluts and whores, oh my. Middle-aged housewives in slutty little dresses taking their toddlers around the neighborhood with a paper cup of red wine. <laughs> then they're all drunk and you say, how are you doing? They say, you don't know me. You never knew me. Yes, we do know you because you're a throbbing whore. Or Christmas. Celebrating baby Jesus, who only wants good and kindness. Freshly powdered bottom coming out of a manger. Now I'm kind of low going into Trump. How high can you go? How many mangers? Yeah. At one point, yeah. all the impressions yeah. become one impression. <laughs> I have been worked out today. Yeah. I've been road hard. You're crushing but, it. Yeah. You know, uh, all right, Dana, last thing. Inside the Actor Studio, 10 questionnaire question. R.I.P. James Lipton. I'm going to play James Lipton. We're going to close this episode out. Getting to know Dana Carvey with 10 quick questions. Jeez Louise. Okay. Uh, inside the actor studio style, I'm James Lipton. Here we go. Dana Coffee here. Da- Dana, <laughs> Dana. <laughs> I love the face. Dana, Dana, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is is uh, fun. I love that. Or girl. Love that too. <laughs> what is your least favorite word, Dana Coffee? 
Hmm. Diarrhea. Use it in a sentence. I know a guy <laughs> named Adam Ray who had diarrhea. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. What turns you on? What turns me on? Hmm. Someone being turned on. Oh, good ant. Best answer so far. What Nick Swartzen said diarrhea turns him on. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but he, he did jumping. diarrhea he first, jumping. and then diarrhea. He, oh no, he said no. Oh. oh no, he said what? Tur the next question is what turns you off, and he said diarrhea, and I said what do you mean? He goes when it's on my face. <laughs> I well, you know what? What turns you sweet, off? Sweet Nick. Sweet, sweet Nicky. What? Tur what turns you off? Turns me off. Yeah. Mm, anger. Mm. What sound or noise? Should I be funny or serious? No, no, these no, these are good. This is like you're perfect. Yeah. Psychology. What What is your favorite like curse a, word, Dana Carter? My favorite curse word. Probably by far is motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. This motherfucking guy. Yeah, this motherfucking guy. <laughs> Come on, who the motherfucker did it? But he eventually will go off. I was just going to say, yeah, how many conference. months away are yeah. we from yeah. him? Just this motherfucker. This motherfucking thing. We did the thing we wanted to do, and I know how to do it. Number one, the motherfucker. Number two, the motherfucker guy. Number three, the motherfucker deal. Come on, folks. No the joke. The motherfucking deal. No joke. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? He's a motherfucker. No, he uh, says guess what a lot too. Uh, what sound? What sound or noise do you love, Dana Carvey? Hmm. Sound or noise? Um. Hmm. The be the beginning chords to "A Day in the Life" by the Beatles and John Lennon. I read the news today. That was beginning chords. Ooh. You know those piano chords. Yeah. Yeah. I also like birds. And what is your favorite Beatles song, by the way? Hmm. Is that tough to pick? Is that like picking between your kids? I go through different phases. Lately, I've been into early Beatle rockers that were maybe Lennon and Paul together more. Like, She Loves You. Yes. Uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. And you go back to those early quartet. They were just so, in two minutes, they blow your mind. In yep. 30 seconds, you knew the whole song. Right. And they're just so crunchy in the harmonies. Day Tripper. I, I go through I go through the psychedelic phase and then I go back to We can this. work it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, only, I'm only sleeping when I wake up early in the morning. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh go. Oh yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all all, oh, yeah. all those things. And you know, Paul, your name makes your point you made all those words for no one. Are you a sucker for a good harmony? Um, I, I think melody and harmony are the, the ultimate magic. Yeah. I, I love lyrics and Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan had some very catchy, lay, 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 lay yeah. where he did the Kermit yeah. the voice. Yeah. yeah. But the Beatles, nobody wrote that many har harmonies. According to Laura Michaels, I said, what is with Paul McCartney? And he goes, um, he's, he's Mozart. <laughs> and apparently, if you're really steeped in classical music, Mozart wrote the most in numerological terms, the most brilliant melodies wow. until Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And I always say John Lennon could write a hell of a melody and Paul could write some hell of a lyric. But be, they want to get cornered. He's the melodic guy. He's yeah. the lyric guy. But the two of them together are Did electricity and dynamite and atom, just energy. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's like you and, and uh, Brad Williams. Yeah. Love that kid. <laughs> what, 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 what sound of noise do you hate, Dana Carvey? Mm. I don't like sometimes um, really cars that will go by with a, with no muffler really hmm. gunning it. Oh, yeah. Because I always felt like that's just, again, just insecurity. If yes. a guy starts his car with no muffler, it's like the car is saying, oh, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. <laughs> 
I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. Compensating Get for this something. Get this fucking <laughs> mechanical asshole out of here. Now I'm doing Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. What'd that fella say to you? This is Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. He said, said I'm a fucking has-been. Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Look, I'm your gopher, man. I've been a stunt man for a long time. Yeah, but I don't want to go to Italian do Italian movies. <laughs> Sorry. That's incredible. That's I, I do the one whole of my movie. favorite movies. I would watch you do that whole movie in a black. Well, I, I watched it twelve times. Did you really? Yeah. I knew we were fucking. Friends, I think dude. you're a. I love that movie so much. I think you're a little man with the big chip. You're kind of pretty for a stuntman. <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell me. Two out of three, not around the face. Whoever has the other person on the butt. It sounds like a great idea, Cato. So. Paul and I do. That's our touchstone. It's a great idea. Brad Pitt in that movie, and Leonardo DiCaprio too. Leo's just always so consistent. But I thought, and he was great. But Brad Pitt was like, I don't know. That was the going the scene of going to um, the compound. Yes, uh, Bond Ranch. Yes. Yeah. Was a like inglorious bastards type scene of in the bar when they find out that um, that he's not German. You know, it was just an iconic. It was so full. Yeah, uh, it was so intense, um, and then the the last scene, obviously. And then just... you think of Brad Pitt. So he's he's smoking the LSD cigarette. Yeah. He's walked the dog. They've set up the dog. Yes. Then they come in. He's so high. I remember you. I remember <laughs> your white little face, your cute little face. Yeah, yeah. And you were, you were on a horsey. <laughs> Are you real? I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker. He laughs. My friend and I are wondering that maybe he did Burt Reynolds laugh because Burt Reynolds was going to play the one that Bruce Dern, that part. No way. But he had a specific laugh. It, it just, Tarantino's writing, Brad's performance, it was just such a All marriage. together, yeah. Like Tarantino said, so you'll be on the roof and you'll unbutton your shirt. He yeah. goes, I'm not going to play with buttons. <laughs> he goes, you know, he's the ultimate oh, macho yeah. guy. But, and then Leo was such a white hot mess in yeah. that movie. Perfect. You know? Peppy, you know, fetch me, uh, fetch a drink for my friend. I ain't gonna hurt your daughter. I just want her to sing. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. I haven't seen. I have to see it tonight. Yeah, I know, right? It's so rich. It's, it's like so twenty good. movies. I know. In it, one. it is. He's yeah. brilliant with that. Yeah. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm. Well, I think most comedians would like to have been a musician. A thousand percent. Musician, rock star. Yes, I know. Yeah, singing and playing. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Um, I wouldn't want to be an insurance man, you know, because yeah. people, it's just, ne it's Thankless. a necessary thing we have yep. to have and people are always angry at yeah. you. It's like yeah. an NBA referee or a meter maid. Yeah. yeah. It's thankless. People, NBA or a meter You've never heard an NBA ref hear this from the stands. Hey, great job. Great call. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's it's always, there's, I will fuck your face yeah. and find <laughs> your family if you keep blowing that whistle. I mean, dude. Well, that's funny. You're right. You're right. The, the NBA ref or they, I, any ref. Really. It's just, no, you, yeah. you can't. It's either, it's always, you. they always leave being like, well, I only fucked up 15 times tonight or heard it. It's never like, I got four positive affirmations and 17, uh, you know, fuck your families. And I love the way the refs just try to run up the court a little bit, like oh, yeah. twenty feet, and then you know. But yeah, you got to be tough. Yeah, man, those are not those Thick are skin. those give them a raise. If heaven exists, Dana Carvey, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I would like him to say, "I'm going to now do a thing, so you are going to evolve into another type of being, Ooh. and you 
you will understand infinity when I'm finished. Because that's the thing that no one could understand that God, there was no beginning and no end to the universe or God or time. So it's the ultimate question. What are we doing? How do we get here? What the fuck's going on? So if we went to the pearly gates and we understood infinity and the universe, well, the universe has always been. Oh, really? Yes. But what was the moment before it was been? You know, that would be that would be I want him to say. I'm gonna Nothing. I'm gonna get you to understand. 2001 is another touchstone. Yeah. I can feel it, Dave. <laughs> I can feel it. The most dramatic death scene is a computer oh. being shut down. Oh yeah. Kubrick, fucking monster. Brilliant. Yeah. Dana Carvey, Fly on the Wall is a new podcast. Well, that's right. You're one of my favorite people ever. Thanks for making time again. So this Pre- was fun. I just felt like we were having fun. a chat. We were, bud. And um, you're just the we, greatest. We went through a lot. We covered a lot. A lot of goofs. A lot of good uh, comedy talk. Breaking down some. We did. We did impressions. We did kegs. How many can you do? <laughs> some, See, some SNL stories uh, that I'd never heard, which I love. That's what I also love about talking to you is I can say one thing that can just trigger. Up, and I see like Minority Report in your brain, where I can see like sixteen different things, and you just grab one and you just bring it out to them. It's yeah. Some when you're interviewing, and yeah. you're you're obviously very good at it. Oh, now thanks. I'm I'm gonna mimic you. Yeah, 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 but yeah, it's you're chiming in. Yeah. you're creating energy. You're thinking the next question. He said something or she said something do i add on to that yeah. do i ask this follow-up thing or i go too far flung then from what we were originally talking about so it is a definite brain exercise mostly have fun and yes. relax and don't think much do i go for the bit or do i ask the follow-up question right. and then save that bit and hopefully that it comes back around and keep because right sometimes there. they'll bring up christopher walken so i go should i tell my story as christopher yeah. walken or no and then you have to temper it sometimes yeah. And bring it back to the person. Depends on the person. Judd Apatow, we really wanted to hear stuff I was yeah, doing. Yeah. Everybody's different. Good Lord. Well, thanks for coming on. I mean, I am on. Okay. All right. Well, Fly on the Wall podcast. Adam Ray. I love you, bud. You're love just, you too, You're man. just the best. Oh, yeah. This was fun. Close with your Adam Ray impression. I, mean, I don't have I don't have the deepness. Hi, I'm Adam Ray. I, mean, I can't get that low. You did. You're tougher than a little mama. That was the hardest one to get was to go low like a mama because he goes down here. Yeah. Amazing grease. And that's that, that kind of rhythm. Michelle, I'm doing the Adam Ray podcast. I'll be there in a second. No, leave the egg salad out. I don't need it right now. Anyway, my voice could go like this, but I can't get down to your timber. That's yeah. not that's not where I go. That's not that, that's that's not the way I roll. It can get that deep. Maybe a little tequila. A little tequila. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> why are you why are you fuck with me? Now I don't know who I'm doing. Uh, anyway. I love you right. so much. So we'll Thanks for doing later. this. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Dana Carvey, ladies and gentlemen. Mo. The end of part one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.